Well, for the last time this season, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Backmarkers F1 Show Race Recap Podcast. In this episode, we're recapping the 2019 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, and I'm very pleased that uh, we're bringing this final recap of 2019. Myself, Chris Cato, and Tyler McDonald, Shaker Barty, who's been here for 21 races now. We yeah, made it. actually, I did make we it. You did it. You were the only one to get all 21. Have I actually yes. the only yeah. one? I guess it's my house. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, is your, it is your house. Yes. Can, can you pass me that flag? Actually, I think this is just appropriate. That, that's it on the season for, for 2019. We did it, guys. We made it. I guess I should have done that at the end, but oh, well. well we can do it at the end, too. We, we get the point. <laughs> it's upside down. Oh, is it? Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you've been the, the only one that has made it to to all the uh, the podcasts this Damn. season. It's been, uh, this is our uh, 77th episode, but there's been a couple that have been um, interviews or Q&As yeah. type mm-hmm. sessions. But anyways, here we are, 21 races down. It's been a long season, all the Longest way up until in December. Yeah. It's, it's tied with the latest ending date in F1 history. Yeah, I think oh, the, really? first, wow. yeah. the first December race since 1963, I think. Yeah. yeah, so it's been quite a while to see F1 this late uh, going on into the year, which is not bad. I mean, we don't complain. And uh, we were just talking off air about the the content that we have planned for for the coming yeah. months. Um, so we're not going to be completely quiet uh, for this off season, which is going to be good for you guys. So we'll get into that content uh, later on, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we'll because figure out when we say that the the, <laughs> the race wasn't too uh, no. thrilling. No. <laughs> so um, I know Tyler, you said that in our uh, preview that you were hoping for a, a non typical boring Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but that's yeah. kind of what we got. It's kind of what we got. Um, I'm really glad. I think the biggest positive i can take out of this race is that the broadcast really focused on the midfield battle the whole race and we haven't had that at all really this season when the the whole race has been focused on the midfield battle but this race was really dedicated to figuring out who was you know how all the teams were doing especially this the uh, mclaren versus renault battles fantastic to watch unfold on tv so i'm really happy uh that they let that unfold in front of us instead of watching lewis hamilton run away with the victory and Go lap after lap of just him cruising around. We got to see some some battles on TV. It was a good choice because obviously it was evident from the first 10 laps or so that it wasn't going to be much of a battle at the front, which was a little bit disappointing because, uh, you know, Max got a decent start and we thought that we were going to kind of get a repeat yeah. of Brazil, but it didn't really happen. So, yeah, I mean, the midfield kind of got their shine. We've been a lot of people have been complaining about it for for all season long, and it it's difficult, right? Obviously, they have to cover and prioritize the top three because they're going for the race win. Obviously, the bigger teams and the sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. But guys like Carlos Sainz and Sergio Perez and Daniel Ricardo, these guys are in the midfield that we don't often get to see these overtaking moves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice to see a little bit of a change up there in the last race. Just going back to uh, how we're talking about it's only the last uh, December race in, what was it, 1960-something you said? 63. 63, yeah. Um, just, you would think, because next year is the largest, you know, most races on a calendar year, um, that we would have maybe even a later ending. But actually, we end in November next year. Is that so? Are they starting yeah. earlier? 29th of November, uh, which is interesting. I was trying to figure oh, that out. Oh, because they're probably doing more back-to-back races. A lot of back-to-backs, yeah. yeah. yeah 15th sense. of March. And we start off with back-to-back, too, which will be interesting. That's exciting. But uh, yeah, anyways, just a little little tidbit there. Uh, so we're almost looking at two races per month almost for next year. Yeah. 
compared to 20. you know I think one of the months only had one of the one race was it yeah it would be at least two because it's 22 races they race for what 10 months of the year yeah. so there would be one or two months with three yeah. on average which would be nice that'd be cool we're always gonna have con- we'll always have content yeah always stuff going on that's uh, something everyone wants to see so we'll, we'll see how 22 races work out next year yeah, I think the biggest difference was that with this season was there was less back-to-backs. I believe there was only five back-to-backs this year. I mean, remember last year we even had the triple header, which oh. was pretty crazy for, for not well, not just us. I mean, for us, obviously, it wasn't a big deal to talk about three races three weeks in a row, but for the teams and logistic perspective, it was a lot. Well, I mean, September was kind of a long month, if you think about it. Five, it was a very long four month. Four races in one in one month. Obviously, they had they spaced them out to have two double headers, but yeah. that one was a long month with a lot of races. So. Yeah, that's true, too, because that was, I believe September was a five-week month, so we yeah, had four, four races in five weeks, um, and yeah, that was kind of like going from Europe and then all the way to, to Russia, and then uh, Japan also at the end of the month, so it's, it's a lot, but um, yeah, I think next year is going to be interesting to see because... I think there's only five back-to-backs next year as well. Really? Uh, summer break is cut down by a week. Okay, so that's probably, so that's probably where, where we're making up time. They're going to have to do something, right, to, to be able to squeeze in 22. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the, you cut the summer break a little bit, which... That would do it. Yeah, the that teams aren't going to get much of a break anyway. No, 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 especially next year. Um, Back one, to the race. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I wanted to bring up, because I particularly enjoyed this, and, and I know that probably maybe the drivers uh, like Valtteri Bottas in the early stage of the race didn't oh, enjoy yeah. this, but fantastic. I love that there was no DRS for a solid 10, 15 laps. Yeah. I think yeah, it, was, it made it more interesting. Yeah, much more interesting to see how it, it kept the field a little closer too, I found. Um, maybe it's just because it was at the start of the race. I don't know, but it seemed like... It, the battles were kind of there and it was tough for the Mercedes to overtake and well, I had an interesting dynamic and see, mm-hmm. like I would be interested to see how the drivers reacted and what they thought of it. I know Valtteri was like, Oh, thank God. When it finally was it's back, it was back. He like was, was loving it. Cause he could actually get a pass done, <laughs> but it was different. How, I don't know. How did you guys, you liked it uh, and, and shaker. I mean, it, it adds good. It is adds a different perspective. Doesn't yeah, it? no, it really does. So I, the the reason why too is because first of all you don't get those highway passes right when you yeah, just change yeah. lanes yeah. into the fast lane and just coast right by, you actually had to earn it and that's the biggest problem with the the artificial overtaking whether yeah. it's the DRS or even if you get enough uh, electrical energy from uh, you know the kinetic uh, recovery system or the energy recovery system so seeing drivers getting a, a little sometimes impatient and even trying to overtake before. Uh, the first hairpin uh, in uh, sector one, we saw some uh, overtaking moves trying to be uh, done over there. And then we saw some that didn't work out. Yeah. You even saw some of the midfield cars being able to hold off the likes of Valtteri Bottas or Vettel in a Ferrari. So I just thought that without the DRS, drivers really had to showcase the best of their overtaking abilities. And we know that we've got some really good overtakers on the track, guys like Carlos Sainz, obviously Daniel Ricciardo, who, in my opinion, is the best overtaker on the grid. Well, Valtteri didn't do too bad at the, right at the beginning of the race. I think he made a four spots right in the first yeah. lap, did he not? Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. I included it with the, the crash. Oh, uh, yeah. Lance Stroll and Pierre Gasly, I believe. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, because Gasly's race was ruined after yeah. that. Yeah. That was due to his pit stop, though, not for Yeah. Us. Right, but, I mean, it definitely didn't I guess help. It does. He was pretty pissed at Stroll. Was he? Oh, yeah, he's, he was just like, ah, Stroll, it's always the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, those pay drivers always. 
you know. I mean, Ro- Roman had a great time with the Williams this weekend, apparently. So he was just racing by them the entire weekend. Oh, yeah. oh Roman Grosjean. Roman Grosjean? <laughs> well, he had the crash with uh, Valtteri. Valtteri in the practice, right? Yeah, yeah, which is really strange. There was actually just one today um, because obviously the tire test is going on. Oh, was there a crash today? For, yeah, it was uh, Perez and Vettel, actually. Vettel spun. In, <laughs> even in testing, he spun. Spinning everywhere. <laughs> they oh had a little God. contact. Um, so, yeah. So, that just shows you how the next season's going to go. Well, maybe Pirelli <laughs> needed a durability test after the what happened the debacle in Brazil with their the tire exploding on, on sudden touch. They needed a Perez to try a hit Vettel again and see if the car, <laughs> the tires would explode. Or, yeah, or that, or Vettel's just trying to get the spins out of him before the end no, of the maybe. year. Maybe get, get them all out while he can. Yeah, start fresh in 2020. Yeah, Spon Ocon was in, uh, yes, was, was there. Was yeah, I liked his little sticker that he had on his hat. I'm the new guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first day for him. Yeah, that's going to be exciting uh, to, to talk about that next year um, with Esteban coming in. But Only yeah. one new driver, too, next year with uh, Nicholas Latifi being official. Uh, right. Denouncing to Williams, yeah, of course, we we speculated on our preview podcast that this would happen. It was kind of it was news that was everyone knew, but wasn't official yet. And uh, after our podcast released, as usual, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Latifi officially signed <laughs> for Williams, so he will be in the seat which makes two Canadians on the grid. Yeah, well, not only that news too, but also. Bottas's engine penalty was announced after that right, when I had true. predicted that he won the race. So that's true. It did seem pretty stupid if uh, you guys were watching that episode going, look at these morons. Yeah. He has an engine penalty. But <laughs> we didn't know at the time because we record uh, plenty of days in advance. Yes. Um, but yeah, just wrapping up, let us know what you thought uh, during uh, the no DRS zone of the race. I, yeah. I found it very exciting. And hopefully the FIA will look at that considering the 2021 rules, whether they want to keep DRS in or, or not. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, fun. But uh, I guess just on the topic, because you brought up Nicholas Latifi, let's chat a little bit about him. Yeah. Obviously, it's big news for us, too, because like you mentioned, uh, another Canadian on the grid. It hasn't happened since 1981, when I believe there was uh, two Villeneuve's on yeah, the grid. Yeah, two mm-hmm. Villeneuve's. Um, so, I mean, really, there hasn't been a whole lot of Canadian F1 drivers just in a hole. So to have two on the grid is is very big for for Canadian racing fans and and athletes or in general, because when you look at let's say for example somebody like Brazil who doesn't have any drivers on the grid currently, I think one of you guys were talking about that last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's only going to be I believe one German driver now next year. Yeah, I was just I was going to go through this to see you know where Canada ranks. So obviously Great Britain is. In the lead with three slash well, four, if you want to count. No, uh, what about uh, what about France? France does have three as well. You're right. With, well, uh, like if are, are you, it's, I mean, I know Monaco is not part of France. Well, Monaco could be part of Italy too, though. If you really, yeah, I guess technically Grosjean's Swiss. Oh, really? That's where he was born. Oh, well, <laughs> it's not on here. So, um, so who's the third French driver? Then there's Pierre Gasly, there's Romain Grosjean. So who's the third? Who's the third one? Esteban Ocon next year. Right. I always think he's Spanish for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. And he's uh, Spanish. Has such great racers. Only yeah. one Spaniard. A Spaniard on the uh, grid next year. Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, with Great Britain, technically England, Great Britain, whatever you want to say. Um, three slash four. I know Albon is. Is English, but racing under the Thai flag because yeah. of his parents. He's totally his British. Family. <laughs> but uh, British. yes, very British. Um, and yeah, that that's those two fins. Two fins. 
That's uh, that's it, and then two Canadians. So you, you think one of all Russian. these power, yeah, one Russian, yes. You think of all these powerhouses in terms of motorsport. Alexei Dalif in Canada is up there with the drivers, which is kind of interesting because it's never really happened before. No, it's very new territory for us. Even when Lance Stroll first entered, it was like, finally, it was yeah. a long time before. It was obviously Jacques Villeneuve before that, but I think it was about 10 or 12 years before we actually had one yeah. on the grid. So, yeah, it's very exciting for us. So we'll be talking a lot more about it, and uh, hopefully we'll even try and get uh, an interview with Nicholas Latifi as well. Fingers crossed. Um, we know... Uh, we know the areas in, in which uh, he he lives, and, and it's relatively close to us. So maybe we know we can the work city, not out. the area. We're not right. That, yeah, we're not right. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. We're, not, we're not creepy. <laughs> Let me reword that. <laughs> we we Wikipedia of him, and we found out where his hometown is. Um, so we'll see if we can get something uh, for you guys along that route. But yeah, it, it should be interesting what he can do in in Williams now that Williams has two young drivers in the seat. Obviously. Kubica had uh, had his struggles at Williams this year, but it, it was a good comeback nonetheless. But now Williams can kind of focus a little bit more on the future, and, and they have a, a really good driver pairing, in my opinion. Yeah, a fantastic mm-hmm. driver yeah, pairing. Yeah, very young driver pairing. Uh-huh. They just need the car to perform now. Yeah, they they need to start having that car making the comeback at be Williams at you know whatever knows Williams to the be. The goal yeah. is to get two points. <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> Or to get the car out in time for testing, that would be yeah, nice. that would be a start. <laughs> that would be, be a good a, start. Yeah. Or to like not be a second slower than everyone else, right? Yeah, you know, be somewhat relevant. Exactly. I I just didn't. I, I hated all the people that went right away to the pay driver comments because obviously Nicholas Latifi has uh, a father who's very successful. He's a rich businessman as well as Lawrence Stroll is. So. The connection was made there, and, and he's got good sponsors that he brings into the team. So, yes, absolutely, he brings in a decent amount of money to the Williams team. But I think Nicholas Latifi is fully deserving of a seat in, in, sure. in Williams. Yeah. And it's not because of his financial status or who he knows. He's a very talented driver. And he's young, but he's not that young. He's 22, I believe. I, believe. 24. I think he's even older. 24? He's 24. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So 24 years old. He actually didn't start karting until he was around 13 years old. So he got a fairly late start compared to some of these other drivers. But he's paid his dues in F2. He was a championship contender this year. Won multiple races on podium, pole positions as well. So he's proven that he can he can fight at the top. And it's different, right? Like Lance Stroll came from F3 straight to F1. He was 17, 18 at the time. So I can kind of understand why people were uh, a little bit upset there and making the pay driver remarks but I, I just don't think that nicholas latifi is is deserving of that yeah i agree with you i think he's got a very very mature young man and i think he's got a lot of skill and a lot of talent and he's paid his dues he's put in a lot of mm-hmm. work not to say that lance stroll hasn't because he has as well but I, I just think that there's that negative connotation that ah well just you know he because he has money he got the seat like no he he deserves the seat fully mm-hmm. oh 100 percent um second in the F2 Drivers Championship this season, which is no shrug of an accomplishment. It's very impressive. And he won, was it four races? Yeah, I believe so. He was four total this season in F2, which is, again, fantastic for him. And yep. hopefully that uh, can lead him to, we're having a good working relationship with Mr. Russell <laughs> over at Williams, and they can get back to... Uh, I mean, George Russell seems like a nice guy. Yeah, it does seem like yeah. a nice guy. It doesn't really seem like he, have, he has too much of an attitude. I feel like they're going to get I along. Don't, I don't think we heard too much of him. Yeah. I think he was just kind of going along with the, the season because, well... You fly under the, the radar. The only thing we heard was typical Roman at Singapore. That's true. 
That's the only thing we heard. Yeah. No, he's been great this year. Um, and like, yeah, I agree with you guys. I hope that the car will be a lot yeah. better. And yeah. George Russell also the only driver on the grid to qualify his teammate 21 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, what more can you say? Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive by Mr. Russell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another interesting qualifying battle is that Lando Norris just beat Carlos Sainz 11 to 10. That was the oh, closest yes. battle. Um, between any of the teammates. So impressive for Lando Norris in his rookie season. Um, we'll get a little bit more into all that detail in our season yeah. review. Um, we won't kind of like break down the drivers in terms of that. We'll do that all then. Um, so we'll try and stick to just Abu Dhabi. We're, we're really trying, guys. We're trying to pull things from this race here. Um, one of the things that I can pull from oh, this... great defender from Albon. Yes. That you're... was one. That's Sorry. true. It's okay. <laughs> Punched my... You want a microphone? You he was to so get excited about that Albon. Was. I was, I was, you know, he didn't get a podium, <laughs> so I got to make up for it. <laughs> I know I had him on the podium too. Oh, he was close. Well, he should have had it in Brazil. Thanks, yeah. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. <laughs> well, it's Lewis's fault. Yeah, um, but then we wouldn't have science on the podium. True. So, yeah. 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 Or Pierre Gasly. Well, well, well uh, Gasly may have been there. Um, but uh, where were we were talking about? Oh yeah, Albon defending. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, did a really good job. It was borderline, but it was good. I mean, Hard racing. I good like on it. Vettel for playing it safe too, yeah. not being very aggressive going in the cor- corner. Well, maybe he thought it was Max going in the corner. I was like, oh, hold on here. <laughs> Couldn't see the number. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was well done by him. I think uh, that was pretty much the only thing. Yeah, it was a fair, I think it was a fair move. A good hard racing. Vettel ended up getting by on yeah. the next straight, I believe. So Good racing between Charles Leclerc and Max. Yeah, yeah. that was my one yeah. uh, highlight. Max Verstappen with the... it. Is he not the best driver in terms of like dealing with car issues? Remember in Austria when he was complaining of no power? I think he just yeah. says it. I don't know. Like, He's just like, oh, there's an issue. But they had issues. They had some throttle issues and yeah. he was complaining with the engine braking. He was complaining the same thing at this race last year. So I don't know if it's circuit specific, but yeah, he was complaining about it. And then boom, he just launches it on the inside of Leclerc. But sometimes I, I've heard it's delayed, right? Because in case they swear or anything like that. So that might have been from like a few laps ago. And then the moment they started to pay it, play it, that happened. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it just doesn't seem like it really affects him that much. Yeah. He just drives through it or he drives around it. Or like you said, maybe it's just kind of just talk. It, it's just frustration and... And the guys on the pit board are handling it. Oh, yeah. Like, we have some good engineers to tell them what to, exactly what to do and what settings to go to. Christian Horner is also very calming. Like, That's whenever true. you listen to him, he's like, he's a very calming in terms of a team principal and just has yeah. all his ducks in a row all the time. Yeah. Well, Max's race engineer, uh, Giampiero Lam- Lambiasi, I hope I'm I, pronouncing that last yeah. name correctly. He's probably one of the best race engineers on the whole grid. The relationship that they have together, if you guys ever have a chance to listen to some extended radio up on YouTube, it's really interesting to hear. And they've got an excellent communication. And like you said, he knows when to calm him down. Yeah. Like remember in Austin when he lets him know that the lap was deleted because of track limits. And right away he's like, just don't say anything. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you know, he doesn't want him to get in trouble. So yeah. that driver-engineer relationship is, is really important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw with Landon Norris and Jarv this Jarv. weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I thought his race engineer was the other guy, uh, Will. Uh, uh, Jarv was, uh, he, he's, he is behind the scenes. He's not the, I don't think he's Apparently he has him in his ear a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, they're, they're in communication. Yeah, because he even put a picture of Jarv on his helmet. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. And he got to keep the helmet, too. Yeah, he was great. gifted to him afterwards. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Are yeah. you crying? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys see, well, did you guys see the video or the, uh, the 
pre-race uh, what they were doing. Yeah. With, uh, oh, what was it? I forget how it started, but it was like, oh, and, and something about shoes. They're talking about shoes. Yeah. And then uh, Jarv went off the list what all the people are on uh, <laughs> yeah. for tire wise. The Willies. The Willies are on hards. <laughs> I've never heard it talk. I never Two heard it talk like that before. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you for the most coherent. Uh, what, so what did he say towards the end? I think he was like, thanks for all the detailed information or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he laughed. As Len always does. Well, it's because the thing is, is like the way his engineer phrased it, right? He's like, oh, like Ricardo. Uh, on the softs, um, you know, the Toro Russell. The Willies the are going hard. Well, yeah, or he's like, Kibitz has got the hard on or something. Yeah, no, some of the two Willies are hard or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's exactly what yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Lando is what? Only 20 years old? Oh, yeah. So yeah. he still finds the humor in, uh, in that kind of. I mean, I'm 25 and I still find the humor. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, right? <laughs> I don't think. Uh, well, even the Vettel made a kind of joke like that last year at Brazil. So, yeah. yeah that's right, he did. Everybody's got that good uh, sense of humor. Well, it so, was yeah. about him and his uh, last year in Brazil. Vettel was about I got something dangling down below by my feet or something loose by <laughs> yeah, feet. Yeah, it's, no, not, it's not what you it's think. Not what you think. Yeah. It is, <laughs> Although I would it would lead to yeah. believe it. <laughs> oh my god, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, better, I mean, that's Vettel in better spirits back then. You know, he wouldn't make that joke in 2019. Yeah, he couldn't wait to uh, go home after this yeah. race. Well, he also just had the birth of his third child. That's right. Oh, wow. So congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. yeah. He didn't medals. really want to be there, so. <laughs> Don't blame him. Child. I mean, Daniel Kvyat won a race after he had a child, so. <laughs> you mean on yeah. the podium? He was on the on podium. podium. Yeah. sorry, yes. Not win a race. Well, it did, fi- it did feel like he won the race. Oh, yes. for In sure. my eyes. Sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a very interesting as well um, to see the, the comparison and how Vettel is toned back. Especially the later parts of this year. Ever since Canada, it's, everything's toned back. So, uh, yeah, I think a break would be really good for him. Um, well, it's not toned back when he when Charles runs into him or he runs into Charles. Well, it's just ah, oh, come on. <laughs> That's all he does now. Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I would agree. Like after the punch in the gut in Canada, it was just like ah, what's the point? Yeah, we're not yeah. going to win the championship this year. So if we happen to win a race, fine. Wish he did. But there wasn't anything really to to grasp from it. I, he's at the point in his career where he's not interested in anything but fighting for a championship. Yeah. yeah. So not being able to do that this year was just kind of almost like a, a disinterest for him. Don't think he's going to retire. Obviously, no, he'll, no, he'll no. be back for next year. But um, he's confirmed back for next year. Yeah. I think much like what we said last year at the end of the season, he could use the break. So hopefully, he can start twenty nineteen or sorry twenty twenty off on on a good good note. Uh, do you want to mention? The fantastic last lap that there was at the Abu. If oh. there was any lap that was you need signs, Ricardo and Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah, fantastic battle in the last lap between those three drivers with Sainz uh, going up the inside in the in the third sector to snag tenth place away from Nico Hulkenberg in his last race. Uh, but we'll also grab with that point that he got in tenth place, P six in the drivers. Championship in the standings. Confirm, yeah. Best of the Which, rest. Yeah, best best than better than the two Red Bull drivers, Gasly and Albon. Three, oh, yes, you're three, right. Three Red Bull drivers, including Gasly. Well, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah I guess include, yeah, <laughs> yeah, including Kvyat in there. Um, but fantastic by Carlos Sainz to grab the points and to officially be ahead and grab himself a, a nice sixth place in the, in the driver's standings. Yeah, and yeah. he just on his own outscored a lot of teams constructors behind him Williams. the likes of alpha yeah, well 
That's I a could, given. I could outscore them. <laughs> um, yeah, likes of Alfa Romeo, Racing Point, um, Toro Rosso, Renault, I think, as well. So, yeah, super happy for Carlos Sainz. It'll be really interesting for you guys to see where we rank him in our 2019 season power rankings um, because I think he'll be up there really, really high. I um, think he was even surprised with this last lap. Oh, it was like, did you see that move? <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Well, it was really good. It, it was good. It was, even, uh, it was a good, great move. Who was, I think it was, was it also Lando Norris on Sergio Perez? No, Perez on Norris. It was a Perez on Norris. Yeah. And then Perez I think was I, fantastic there. And then as well. Daniel Ricardo was right behind him as he was taking, overtaking Hulkenberg as well, right? So he also had yeah. that on his tail. Yeah. Because Perez was the same. He's like, that mate, did you see that? My life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said it was the best move he's ever done, which, like, I thought he's, Perez has, has done nicer, but uh, maybe it was just, being in the car and the, the whole driving aspect, maybe just it felt the best out of uh, all those overtakes. It was a fantastic overtake maybe it by felt Perez. the cleanest. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, that's maybe. A, yeah, being in the car, maybe that's how we felt. Maybe, for sure. Um, do we, we We should give maybe a, a moment of silence, I think, though, um, for Nico Hulkenberg, uh, because <laughs> this, is, this is just heartbreaking for him. He doesn't get points on the last lap. It is final race in F1 for now. Um, we all think he should be on the F1 grid. I think he's a. I think he can make it on the podium if he has a car that performs. So you don't think he's overrated? Not at all. I think he's underrated. Oh, okay. I think he's underrated. Anyways, I love Nico Hulkenberg. He got driver of the day, uh, which is a nice touch by the fans. So just uh, maybe a, a, a 2.7 second moment of silence for Nico Hulkenberg, please. <laughs> 2.7. What is that? A 27? Is McLaren number? pit stop? No, his race number, 27. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Brain's not you. working. Thanks, Shaker. <laughs> Thanks, Shaker. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that was too sad. It's probably longer, yeah. It was close. I was trying to time it in my head. There was maybe like a five-second stop. You know what's funny? Penalty. We're doing this in the 27th minute of our recording. Wow. That's... We did not plan we that. We did not plan that at all, but... I mean, once you put this out, it's probably going to be a different time. But in our recording... That's true. In our recording, minutes. yeah. Hey, it counts. It counts. <laughs> it does count. Uh, so Nico Hulkenberg, hopefully he's back uh, in the 2021 season, and hopefully there's some, you know, there's more more teams on the grid too in 2021. But um, the number 27 is a legendary number in F1 as as well as yeah. Jacques Villeneuve raced it. Uh, I think it was Gilles. Is it Gilles? Yeah. I believe it was it was his father's number. Yeah, I think it was one of the two. Yeah, I think I remember um, Crofty mentioning that. Yeah, 27 is definitely legendary in Canada in yeah. terms of right. numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's very disappointing. I've always liked Nico Hulkenberg mm-hmm. and. Um, I I don't necessarily think that he's overrated. I think that he has had some chances that he's bottled. I think Germany was the one he'll look back this year on having that crash because he could have got a podium in Germany. Yeah, I think Brazil 2012 also where yeah. he was leading the race and then he got pole earlier, I believe, with yeah. the Williams a few years before. Um, but yeah, crashed into Hamilton. That to me was probably uh, his biggest missed opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's a good one too. Um, yeah, G- Germany as well too. We never know what would have happened though had he put the car on the track. Um, maybe he would have lost out in terms of pit stops or, or what have you. But yeah, I think Germany was a big one from this season where where he could have gotten one. Singapore obviously in 2017 as well um, where he was running in the podium positions after the big crash with the Ferraris and the Red Bulls. And he had to retire because of an issue. So that's kind of the 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 comparison there. It's it's sometimes he's made mistakes, but then other times he's just had some really yeah. really bad luck. Yeah, um, I think F one released a YouTube video on their channel, um, top five Nico Hulkenberg moments. <laughs> um, it's a good watch. 
But the reason why I laugh is because they put in like the times when he, like he crashed in Brazil. Yeah, it's like why don't you put like his best moments? If it's only five, put a top five. Yeah. Why? Why do you got to put the negative yeah, ones yeah, in there? Yeah. You know top five I mean? memorable moments. I maybe. Guess. Yeah. Yeah, but not memorable for Nico. Maybe memorable for other people. Yeah. Yeah. But um, hopefully he'll be back with, within you know another couple of years. He's still young, so uh, what I is think twenty seven, twenty eight. No, I think he's older than that. Older now. Than thirty yeah, something. I'll let me look it up right here. Um, but I think that, like you said, if we have more teams on the grid, then there'll be oh, space yeah. for. And we can get into that in our season review and and maybe twenty twenty season preview when that comes down the line and when we talk about twenty twenty one. But uh, we've been saying it on this podcast for well since it started. On uh, how we need at least two more teams on the grid because twenty four cars was was perfect. Just had the right amount of drivers because um, there are two, three, four drivers that you can name right off the top of your head that could be in an F one seat right now. Yeah, absolutely. Nico Hulkenberg is thirty two. Thirty two. That's really young in that's, terms of racing. Yeah, it's decently young, yeah. I mean, Kimmy's forty. <laughs> Kimmy is forty. You're right. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it if I'm Hulkenberg. I forget. Okay. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we see Hulkenberg back with some more teams in the grid mm-hmm. back uh, in 2021. Um, moving on, I get Robert Kubica, uh, his last race in Formula 1 as well. Um, is he still going to be continuing racing in something else? or is he? I don't know what his plan is. He's looking at some DTM drives, and I think that he's going to be the reserve driver for Haas. And also okay. like a sim test driver right. for them. I think he's still looking in 2021 to be on the grid. Okay, yeah, and more teams would yeah. make a lot, make that a lot better. Yeah, for sure. But um, uh, not a memorable season. It was great to see him come back, from, of course, from his injuries and and everything to be on the F1 grid. And I think it's a story that F1 needed going to that season. It was a story William needed going to the season. Um, but uh, not uh, for the greatest season, of course, for. For him and for Williams, and as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, being shut out in terms of pole or in terms of uh, qualifying battles with his teammate George Russell, twenty-one to nothing. That won't, doesn't look that great either. So tough season for for Robert, but we wish him the best in his future, and uh, hopefully he he continues to have great success in his career. Yeah. And one small consolation, he did score the only point for Williams this That's year. That's true. Yeah. He did finish above George Russell in the driver's standings. Yeah, and I so think there's that. You know, one of his <laughs> best races of the year, Monaco. Um, obviously, I think he finished fifteenth or sixteenth, something Wasn't like that. that. Monaco was when he crashed, was it not? No, that was uh, in Baku when he crashed in qualifying. I believe it was. No, I thought Monaco got spun in the uh, spun in the race. In the I last felt corner. like in, or no, maybe I'm thinking of Singapore. Maybe you're thinking of Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. Excuse yeah. me, because no, I'm thinking got... of a, a street race. Yeah. Singapore was, was uh, I think he even said it himself, was his best drive of the year. So I think that with the limitations that he had, he proved to everybody that he could do it. Yep. Obviously, like you said, difficult with the car to judge. Yes, his teammate did beat him, but Robert Kubica always was and, and still will be a world-class driver. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, there's no reason to hate on the guy. I mean, he almost died in that rally accident. Yeah. So the fact that he's was even returned to F1 when yeah, phenomenal. we've got all these young guys coming up and world champions on the grid is is phenomenal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So hopefully we'll see Robert uh, in the F1 paddock next year and hopefully with the drive maybe in the next season or two. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, shall we wrap it up with some donuts? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other things too, just before uh, 
I don't have donuts. Uh, but you got coffee. <laughs> you have coffee. We got one half this of it, right? This is our donut shop in Canada. Tim Hortons <laughs> represent. It's, yeah. There's some uh, stores in the U.S. now, too. Is there? That's yeah. Nice. Yeah, plenty of stores in the U.S. Good so, um, Yeah, sorry, donuts. you were talking about donuts. Yes. Um, you said before that, though. Go with your donuts. I, I can okay. save it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I used to see some donuts at the end of the season, yeah, isn't it? some pretty good donuts, too. Uh, they did a good job. I mean, Lewis did some donuts in um, Mexico? I feel like Charlotte Claire no. does just Brazil. Work. Brazil. That's right. Brazil. I felt like Charlotte Claire was doing donuts for the first time, though. Oh, he was horrible. No, he was really bad. <laughs> Charlotte Claire was like, that's what it would look like if you did donuts with like a front-wheel drive car. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But, I mean, he did his best. He did. Um, yeah. I mean, donuts always look cool. You get a few. Yeah, they do. Especially in a fun car. You don't see it often. Usually at festivals. Uh, yeah. But not on a racetrack because, you know, uh, transmission and, yeah. and different specs and everything like that and motor. and. But at the end of the season, they say it's, they could screw it. And... Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I would love to see some donuts. The cloud uh, it made a nice cloud of smoke too. It was, it was very nice. Lewis did some last week. Last yeah, race, Brazil. Did yeah, he, yeah, he did, did a little bit. Brazil. Yeah, but like who cares at that point? Yeah, I was surprised Valtteri didn't. They needed to burn that engine somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got probably miles to go. Yeah, um, yeah, that's always neat. Like maybe I said. they'll put it in his road car. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> you imagine? He could use it as a coffee table. Yeah, they they sell those now. So yeah, I want one. Do you got like 50 grand? No, I'll make my own. Okay. Buy a V8. <laughs> yeah, take it out of your car. Out of a V8 of a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always liked watching the end of race when there's not a title on the line yeah. and everybody's in a good mood and it's relaxed. It's, it's in, you know, as much as I love to watch the final race come down when the championship, it's also nice to see this side of it. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, some really nice fireworks too. So, yeah. One thing I did want to mention did you guys see the, um, after the race, when they asked Lewis Hamilton why he was meeting with Ferrari? No. I, I did hear that Ferrari like said apparently, good things about him. Yeah, apparently he met with Fer- the owners of Ferrari behind closed doors. And he's like, oh, you know, like the rumor always flies. But he's like, oh, I never thought I would be sticking with the team for so long or doing this. So, you know, it's just it's something I've talked about. It's nothing that's anything serious or anything like that. Let's make it serious here. <laughs> I, I am so glad you brought this up. <laughs> Um, I don't see it happening. I don't either. I oh, personally don't either. You do? I highly disagree. You see it happening? You see like it him happening? And, him and Vettel switching? A trade? Maybe, possibly. A trade. But, yeah, because we could see Vettel as a German go to a German team. I think that would be great for them. But they're a German engine maker. They're still a UK-based team, aren't they? Correct. Yes. But, I mean, in terms of Mercedes right? as... Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I just Brackley. wanted to confirm my yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of Mercedes as as the brand, it, it's they very play German. the German anthem at the end. Of the oh, race. do they actually? Yeah. Oh, okay. When Nico Rosberg was there, obviously he was, you know, very very much a part of that team and, and the identity of that team because you know he was German as well. But I absolutely think that Lewis Hamilton will go to Ferrari in 2021. I believe when the contract ends, uh, this is next season. Uh, Total Wolf said it's 75 percent likely that he'll stay, but that means that that's 100% likely that he won't as well because... Interesting. I, I think that he should go because... I he, thought he, Vettel wanted to win all win a championship with Ferrari. Well, he does. He does, but Ferrari also wants to win a championship and they might just look at Vettel say, hey, man, you weren't able to do it, so we've got a six-time world champion or possibly seven at the time world champion driver and we want him on our team. We should... You know, we, this is just a, a spitball 
Thing. I thought, yeah. But for our, our 2020 race preview or something like that, or maybe just a, an off-content video uh, in the wintertime, uh, we should predict the 2020 driver list. The 2021, sorry, driver list. Yeah, yeah, That'd we be fun. Should. Would you guys like to see that? Uh, so I, us predict the 2021 driver list, uh, you know, not including new teams that might come in, but that kind of sort of thing. Might yeah. be interesting. Let us yeah. know if you like that idea. Because when I look at it, he's won five world titles with Mercedes, could possibly another one in 20, 2020. So he might just look at it and say, okay, I still want to drive in Formula One. I've won everything that I possibly could with Mercedes. I've had a great couple of years. Now I want a fresh challenge. Yeah. Now I need something new, something that's going to get me up in the morning, something that's going to motivate me even more. But I was going to say, you don't think if they get rid of Lewis Hamilton, they wouldn't bring in somebody like Max Verstappen or Charles Leclerc well, who are young would. drivers. Yeah. Oh, no, they absolutely would 100%. because... Verstappen is the biggest X factor here because we're not sure of Honda's commitment past 2021. They've only committed to 2021. Yeah. So Max is going to be looking at his options. And if that seat is open, they can either slide in Verstappen or possibly Vettel if he's still around and still wants to drive. But George Russell. George Russell is a yeah, Mercedes just... driver as well. Um, they might want to reach out to Esteban Ocon again. The, oh that God, relationship God, is Renault's still... going to be a world champion 2021. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Relax that's, there. That's what the plan says. Yeah, that's what, that's well, what the I books... Get, I mean, if you think about it, with McLaren, would also have a Mercedes car as well. That's working true. with Mercedes again in 2021. So there's also another option there with the success, success that they had with Mercedes. Too much happening in my brain. <laughs> so I just think, why not? You go there, you win. Do you not think it ruins his reputation being the the x-factor for mercedes and being the guy that brought being them the only glory. driven driving for mercedes pretty his entire career well he was with mclaren but they but were under mercedes, mercedes yeah. so yeah fair yeah enough. no i don't i wouldn't say it would ruin it for him um i just think that ferrari is that team that attracts some of the greatest drivers ever right I mean, we've had Schumacher that's been there. We've had Vettel that's been there. We just talked about Villeneuve a couple of times yeah. in the previous episodes. Nicky Lauda. So, you know, why not? Ferrari has always had that lure in the sport that a team like Mercedes, with all due respect to them, don't have. And it's a big challenge, right? It's a big culture shock for Lewis Hamilton. I think that might be the interesting part is would they be able to gel together? Because I don't think that the Ferrari-based team works as well as Mercedes do. But... It's a challenge, right? And and sometimes when you get these elite guys who just win and win all the time, they don't necessarily get bored of winning, but they look for more challenges. And Lewis yeah. Hamilton is that type of guy that looks for the biggest challenge and looks to prove everybody wrong. So there's people out there that are saying, ah, you'll never drive for Ferrari or you won't fit in there. Well, you mentioned Linky Lauda. The main reason Vettel wants to win a championship with Ferrari is because Schup- uh, Michael Schumacher had one. Right. And why would he not want to yeah. win one with Ferrari if Nicky Lauda, who is you know his idol, if he won one, and why wouldn't would he, why would he not want to do the same, you know? Wouldn't that just be the perfect bow on the greatest career ever in Formula One yeah. to move to Ferrari, beat Schumacher's world championship record, every record that he's owned in a Ferrari? Yeah. Yeah, you're putting and up that the would, narratives. That there. would shut those haters up, me being one of them. Lewis, <laughs> I don't know if you got an agent, buddy, but I'm setting this up for you. <laughs> Haas F1 2021. <laughs> uh, they are a Ferrari team. You never said it was a Ferrari. You never said it was the Ferrari Mark car. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> They've got a Ferrari engine, Haas. Yeah. They want you. 
So, but would who Mercedes knows? let Lewis Hamilton go, knowing all that he knows from Mercedes to Ferrari? Well, in twenty twenty one, there's new regulations. Though. That's true. They they won't have a choice though. If his contract is yeah, over, he, he just, can go yeah, do whatever, he, do he, whatever wants. he wants. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's exactly you guys bring up the good point that the regulations will change, and who knows? I mean, we've seen big regulation changes uh, affect teams. Mercedes, exactly. Yeah. Mercedes, they were what. There, did they even have a podium before? Did Rosberg get a podium or Schumacher? Get they a had the race win here and there yeah. in 2013, and, and some poles and the podiums, but certainly not to the level they're at now. No, no. yeah, not even close. So that that you bring up an again, excellent point again. Haas yeah. F1, good. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm trying to stick it on this path here. <laughs> just saying, Haas F1 could be a world champion <laughs> okay. if they develop right. And Alpha Tori, yeah. Could, uh, <laughs> I was about to say Renault, but um, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is also the king of career moves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, McLaren, yeah. right, wins a world championship second season, moves to Mercedes, then wins five world championships with them. Yeah, so wherever he goes, someone wins. What if the timing is perfect where 2021, Ferrari ends up having a dominant car, and then we see Lewis win another handful of world championships? Yeah. Well, that's a good talking point. Yeah. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Go crazy in the comments. Do you think Lewis Hamilton will drive for Ferrari in his career? I think it'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be cool. That's yeah, that actually is a great word for it. It's simple, but it would be it would be cool. I used to think that it was no chance in hell it would happen, and now I look at it and go, you know what? There's a good chance it could yeah, happen. Yeah, I think getting that sixth world championship. It kind of makes it leaves a door open a wick for his career to go in many different ways. Because I've, I don't, what is he going to do if he does decide to retire? You know, after 2020, like he's going to be tied with Michael Schumacher, right? Yeah. He could have 100% broken that, have the chance to break that record. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I think when you look at like other sports, when you have fighters who are so dominant in one weight class and it's not that they get bored of winning, like I said, but they look for new challenges. So yeah. they move up a weight class or they, Go to a completely different, uh, you know, uh, dynamic in the sport. So, are you just, talking about Conor McGregor because he's coming back to UFC? That's one of yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> I was also thinking like John Jones, for example. Yeah, that's true. Who's well, yeah, dominated but, his division and is now looking to move yeah, up. But other athletes actually fight when it comes to the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you trying to say? They're not doing cocaine. Is what that was a long time ago, bro. <laughs> the UI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but you see the point. So yeah, I get to the point. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? We're just spitballing here, right? That'd be very interesting. Yeah. It would be cool. Yeah. Interesting to talk about. But uh yeah, in terms of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Right, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. We ain't got much for you. Thanks I for was hosting from us. the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. That was the biggest talking That's point. That's true. Right that there. is the biggest talking point for <laughs> yeah. the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. You're right. It, it just it really should not be the season finale. Brazil should be the season finale. Yeah. Not, unless not well, apparently they're gonna redo the uh a new, there's a new a bid for a new track in uh, Brazil. It'll be happening in Sao Paulo, I believe, instead of or where they are right now. Uh, they're they're in Sao Paulo right now. Sorry, it'd be, Rio. Rio. Hey, sorry yeah. it'd be in Rio. Sorry, it'd be in Rio. I got the two mixed up. Would it be a street race? Uh, it'd be a brand new circuit they'd be oh, making, which street race would be really cool. It yeah. would suck the <laughs> if they put a new track down there because that that track's perfect. But they're gonna make yeah. it a cookie cutter track like they have the rest of them. It's gonna be awful. But how does so this hopefully affect that the Amazon rainforest? Is what I want to know. It, it could. You're right. It could. Who knows? Who knows? They got the track though there, so I don't see I don't why. You need yeah, I don't see why you need a new one. The <laughs> track's perfect the way it is. Yeah, everyone loves Interlagos. Yeah. yeah, don't change what works. Yeah, please change uh, the other tracks like Gas Marina. Yeah, yeah. 
or France. Yes. I don't mind. They're uh-huh. looking to make changes there too. Yeah. Good. Um, oh, actually, since we're talking about tracks and changes, uh, Zandvoort is under construction. Yep. Uh, to get some improvements for next year's race, mostly track widening. Yeah, uh, on which, the banking, right? Yeah, yeah, they're hoping for more overtakes and stuff at this track, right? Because yes, it's one of those tracks that if you have pole position, you're, you're going to be win. winning. Yeah, yeah. So they're ex- expanding the uh, the width of the track, and hopefully that will help uh, in 2020. We'll see. Yeah, there's some cool pictures if you go on uh, online and look up the construction that's going on there. If you're a track junkie, yeah, it's on the F1. Uh, they tweeted out a, a video. I think um, there's some more more detailed stuff mm-hmm. in there as well. So. Yeah, very excited for that race next year. The only last thing for me that I wanted to uh, bring up was Daniel Ricciardo going on a helmet swapping spree uh, yeah. after the race. He did. I, uh, I didn't watch any of the post race. Yeah, I know. I just saw pictures on uh, with him on. I think believe it was on Twitter. Uh, he did a helmet swap with uh, Nico Hulkenberg. He did one with Max Verstappen, and then did one with Charles Leclerc. How many helmets did he have? Did he Quite wear, a few. <laughs> did you just switch helmets during I mean, the Grand Prix or what? I think they have like probably three or four during the weekend. Oh, probably. Because uh, somebody was saying that instead of, for example, like Jasper or, or the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix where they have like night and day practice sessions and qualifying and race, instead of changing out the visors, they'll just have a new helmet, helmet. with that visor mm-hmm. on it. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they probably have like four or five spare helmets just lying around. And yeah. And if you're that rich too, you can just have different helmet for every practice session. So it's not <laughs> yeah, sweaty. Exactly. It's I don't think it's a big deal for them. No, so. not at all. But he also put on Nico Hulkenberg's hair. Yeah, he oh, did. <laughs> he got a bright blonde wig. And I he love had, it. Like, the one that, and it was spiked up, and he wore it and went and took a picture with Nico. Very, yeah. Very Danny Rick. <laughs> yeah, he's a great teammate. I know, eh? Great guy. What a good guy. Well, it's... it's you he know he's a great a teammate? Because, like, half the time you see Max Verstappen talking to him yeah. after a race. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it shows you how good friends they actually yeah. are. Like, even though they crashed into each other a couple times and it got pretty tense, like, they're... Yeah, the camaraderie they have is legit. It's it's not just one of my favorite interviews or post race interviews was still Max Verstappen interviewing, interviewing Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, that was yeah, great. very good. <laughs> yeah, that might be in our funniest moments of the year. Yeah, at the end of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that about that does, does it. it for Yas Marina. We got forty seven minutes out of this out of Yas Marina. Sprint. Well, I think it's like thirteen minutes yeah. of actually Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, That's and then fair. the rest is just playing fantasy F one in our heads. <laughs> It was um, not a, good. I was, was going right, to have a pun here, but it was really bad, so I'm just not going to say it. Like, okay. just, just like the race. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time? Yeah. I, I think we should get out of here. You got to yeah, get up we, like we, three hours from yeah. now, don't you? Me? Three hours, yes. No, not that long. Soon. Sleep Close in three hours. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> got to sleep in two. Yeah, those morning shifts are... Yeah. Yeah. They're rough. Oh, well. What yeah. can you do? You're a trooper. You've you've hung on for... F1 has trained me to wake up early to watch races. True, that's right. It's trained me to wake up early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough North America it's schedule. Eastern time zone, man. Yeah, it's, it's a tough. killer. It's true. But we made it. We definitely made it. Uh, I think we did a race recap for every single race yep. this year, if I'm we not did. mistaken. Uh, I know we missed uh, two or three previews here and there, but... Yeah, we made all the recaps. Yeah, like whether it was a combination of all three of us or just me and Shaker or you and uh, Tyler, you and Shaker, um, we did them all. So uh, very happy with that. And uh, yeah, very happy that you guys joined us through all 21 races this year. Um, we won't really do any of the nostalgic season stuff just yet because we're not done we're quite not yet. Done yet. No, no. The Abu Dhabi test is still going on. Uh, it wraps up on Wednesday. Uh, following this, we'll obviously have our season review, which will be coming next week. And then our power rankings as a whole, ranking all the drivers for 2019. 
And then, uh, yeah, after that, we'll have just some uh, fun little videos to kind of get you guys over the off-season hump until March. Until March. Yeah. Anything until else from February, you guys? really. Yeah, when testing begins, right? Yeah. February. Yeah. So it's not that long, really. Yeah. Only two two months? Two months. Two yep. months. Good? Good. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate all the support throughout the entire 21 races this season. It's been very long, so uh, we hope you all enjoy what little break that you have from F1, and uh, we hope that you can join us in the next coming weeks. Like I said, we're not going anywhere. Plenty of content to come, so we hope to see you then. Thanks again. <laughs>